guys are chatty today. I love it. Online, good morning. Thank you for joining us. Here come the kids. <laughs> it really has been very special having these guys with, join us. Just taking our time, it's okay. No, 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 you're good. We believe the Holy Spirit has come and prepared our hearts. We are in no hurry, <laughs> we're on his time. If you guys wanna stand. We kinda had a different approach, I think, to this morning putting together the set. Tristan, you want to throw those verses up? In Matthew 11, 28 through 30, it says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary, and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Whatever position your heart is in this morning walking into this room, What if it was okay to just let it be and we can crawl up onto our Father's lap with that heart and let Him take it? Whether it's good or bad or happy or grieving, He is big enough. He made our emotions. He made the circumstances. He is in control whether we think it, He is or not. So this morning, let this be an opportunity for us to just crawl up into his lap. And when we start out, we're gonna start out with a song about him because that is the first step. We have to get our eyes off of ourselves, off of our circumstances, onto our Father. So this morning, Jesus, we know you're gonna take us where we're at, Father. And you have prepared the way you have prepared this moment, Holy Spirit, to meet us where we're at and to just bring us to your heart even closer. Leave no space between us and you. From the youngest child in this room to the oldest, you brought us here for a reason. So we relinquish all control.
for us we thank you for keeping this body strong Lord as we work this partnership with you we ask for the blessing of more character of Christ Lord please receive these tithes and offerings as an act of faith 
of charity, of kindness and love, all things that that just emit from you. And may we shine that out into our community as well. Have the bravery and the boldness to just to just reflect a, a glimmer of you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. The ways we give here at our church are uh, the mailbox, the giving box, our website, and the church center app. Thank you.
my babies. Triton, Ollie, and Miss Sarah, will you come join me? Um, so right now I am doing life with all of your children and they are wonderful. And they are like, I'm telling you, if you just need like an instant jolt, come be with children. Um, and then for their sake, the couple of them were like, oh, I just have a lot of anxiety talking in front of people, but I want to talk about Jesus. And I said, can I assure you, I am the right one. Um, so would you continue to stand with us? Because they want to share just a little bit about what they have going on. And frankly, I mean, they just have a word for you because it applies. So Train's going to start us off. Go ahead. Grit. Refusing to give up when life get, gets hard. Let us not become tired of doing good. At the right time, we will gather a crop if we don't give up. Galatians 6, 9. Hold on, because God knows what you're going through. Now let's worship. All right, let's you worship again. perfect in all yeah, of yeah, your yeah. ways. God, you're perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways to Perfect and all. 
If the adults were only as loud as the kids can get and not get in trouble. We're going to pray real quickly for the homeschool families in our church. My wife and I homeschooled our kids. Well, I shouldn't say that. My wife homeschooled our kids uh, for several years. And uh, there's challenges that come with it. And so we're just going to pray for those families that have chosen to teach their children at home. There's some special prayer requests that they need. And, and could you be praying for these things throughout the week for any, any homeschoolers that are out there in our world that they're going to need help to teach their kids because they're not getting government subsidies to do so. That's not a slam. That's just a thing. Let's pray. Father, for many of us, we recognize the value of our children. I think all of us in this room value our children. And we want them to not only learn what they need to survive in life and thrive in life, but we also want to make sure that we're teaching them the things of God. So Father, I want to pray for the homeschoolers today because the, the, those that are teaching the children need discipline. They need to be trained, training themselves to teach diligently and faithfully to take their weariness and seek your help in that so they don't back off the kids' teachings. And Father, when they get tired, give them friends they can reach out to to encourage them to continue on to be faithful in this endeavor that they've taken on. Father, I pray that you give them wisdom because there's some things that they might not know how to teach. Give them a, a supernatural wisdom that will give them the ability to teach their children well and give them grace because Father, sometimes their kids don't want to go to school and they're at home. And the parents need to understand how to have those days where you just do what you need to do because it's right to do. But recognize that some days it's just not going to happen. So give them grace to know when to go and when to just be a family. Encourage their hearts, Father. They're taking on a, an amazing task. 
I pray for the children, Lord God, that they see the value of their parents pouring their lives into them in such a way that they respect that and they, they honor that as well. Father, I want to thank you for the time that you gave my wife and I as we homeschooled our kids for a season. And I just pray that you continue to encourage parents to trust you when they take that on. We love you. In Jesus we pray and all God's people said, Amen. 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 So we're going to get ready to transition. Um, if you do not know, we have our middle school and high schoolers, um, which they are all in that back area. For those of you know, they are just hiding. I know. They hate it, but they also, I'm here for it. Um, so if you have kids, if there's pockets in here, know that you guys are welcome. You do not need, this is your official invite for those of us who need invitations. You are welcome to join them downstairs. Um, we're about to dismiss. And then these sweet babies who are going to come with myself and Pastor Angela and Mr. Julian. But as a church body, we um, decided a long time ago that we're going to commit to our children and what this looks like in a practical sense is we're going to bless them on the way out. So if you guys would read this, look at the screens because we're going to read it together because it's not just me, but these children need to know that there is an entire family that is for them and that believes in them. So we're going to bless them on their way out. So let's do that. Tristan, would you do that for me, my love? All right, number 624, it says, May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you. All right, my babies, who's leading this way? Oh, wait, we have more. I'm excited because I'm really excited for their activity today. I'm so sorry. You love this. Welcome back. Lord, show his favor and give you his peace. Come on. The end for real, as Kayla would say. Okay. Abigail, my baby, Mr. Julian's right there. Will you go that way? And then you guys are going to go this way. Middle school, high school, y'all are grown. Let's go walk out these doors so they can have church. If the children are hiding in the pockets, if you would like to come join us. Thanks, guys. And you may be seated. My wife and I have been on vacation. It was the best vacation we've had in a long time. We didn't do anything but spend time together. And then we showed up at church and she decided to sit with somebody else. <laughs> I, yeah. I love you, but I don't want to worship with you. That's, I get it. Get it. If you're new in the last couple of weeks, uh, I hope the guys who preached encouraged your heart to trust Jesus more than ever before. Amen? Amen. We have some great preachers in this church. And then you got me. <laughs> I'm starting something that's not a series. A series, of, a series is a, a group of messages that we'll preach, and, and it's designed to teach you one or two simple truths out of the scriptures. And we do series because we, we were trying to build on it every week. And we're not going into a series right now. We're going into a season. And seasons are bigger than that. It's, it's where moments change. And God says, I want you to go into this new season. Over the years uh, as a pastor, I've been through m multiple seasons with the church. We transitioned from... You've got to be careful of that word anymore. I forgot about that word. You gotta be careful saying you transitioned. Okay, nobody thought that was funny. Okay, I see what I've got for a congregation. I see what you guys left me. Thanks a lot. Um, 
I can't remember what I was saying, so I gotta stop doing that. Oh, we're in a season, meaning that God's doing something bigger than just momentary spiritual growth for you, and so I wanna encourage you to be faithful to uh, what we're doing here over the last, over the next, I don't know how long, could be years. You never know. And you guys laugh, but God, you think everything happens today in the moment because that's how we think. And God says, I might be trying to build you for years to get you to where I need you to go. Moses was in the desert for 40 years before God called him up to the mountaintop. Then he spent another 40 years with a bunch of rebellious people. Amen. I can tell we're having fun today. Okay, here we go. I know some of you are wondering, I don't know if I like this guy. That's okay. We'll get there. You'll love me at some point in time. We're just going to jump right into where we're going to be over the next season. We're going to be in Judges chapter 6, Judges chapter 7, and Judges chapter 8 with the story of Gideon. And you're going to hear something today. I'm going to say a lot. I'm going to actually have you repeat it just so that you guys can engage a little bit in the sermon. I want you to be a part of it. Um, Judges chapter 8 and verse 4 is just where I want to start. It's kind of an odd spot. But it's kind of going to be how this season is going to be. And I'm using the King James because I love the beauty of the language. And it's my history. And I've just been spending the last three weeks in the King James Bible again. And, and that's where most of my verses are memorized in the King James. So when I read something else, it's like, that doesn't sound like the word of God to me. God says ye. <laughs> and thou and they. Get over it. Judges chapter 8 and verse 4 in the King James Bible. And we'll, go to, we'll use other versions, so don't go holding, cornering me in that. And Gideon came to Jordan. Jordan was a river that was a dividing point between Israel and the ungodly places. Gideon came to Jordan and passed over, meaning he went over, over through it. He and 300 men that were with him, faint yet pursuing them, faint yet pursuing them, faint yet pursuing them. Let's pray. Father, I could have just let the kids preach because that's exactly what they said. And they didn't know what I was speaking on, so that came from you. But I believe there's a season that we're in where people are tired but they're wanting to pursue you. They're not wanting to quit. They're not wanting to give up. They're wanting to chase after you with all of their hearts. They're wanting to pursue you. Encourage us in this season, Lord God, to create uh, an army of Christians who have a passion to know you and to love you and to serve you more than they ever have before in their life. We love you so in Jesus we pray. And all God's people said... Luke chapter 18 and verse 1, and I'm going to read a lot of scripture that you're not going to get on the wall. I'm going to make you guys either have to write down notes or remember what I said. But Luke chapter 18 and verse 1, the Bible says, And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that's Jesus speaking, said that men ought to always pray and not to faint. Men ought always to pray and not to faint, meaning that prayer is the solution to our weariness problem. Saying there's a city...
I'm blind. Oh, there we go. Hi, online. We're back. Glad, glad you stayed with us. Or not. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry night and day unto him? Though he hear long with them, though he bear long with them, I tell you that he shall avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? And what Jesus was teaching is that men ought always to pray and not to faint. But it is tied, fainting is tied to faith. So sometimes we quit because we don't have the faith to continue on. Amen. And I'll just be honest with you. Some of you will stop pursuing God this year. Some of you will stop pursuing God this year. Because you'll, you'll get tired, you'll get weary, you'll get worn out, and you'll just say, this just isn't working for me. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 1 says, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, the Apostle Paul said, As we have received mercy, we faint not. But we renounce the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully. But by manifestation of the truth, God's truth is always manifested to be true. Amen? Amen. When God says something is true, he will show you that it's true at some point in time. Commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it's hid to those who are lost, in whom the God of this world, Satan, by the way, has blinded the minds of them which believe not lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ. That is a sermon for another day. And I'll be excited, okay. Who is the image of God should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves. That's a sermon for another day. We preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves servants for Jesus' sake. For God who commanded the light to shine out of the darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. That's a sermon for another day. And you're going to hear that a lot today. What Paul was saying is some of you will stop serving God this year. You've been given a ministry. You serve God. And at some point in time, you're going to get faint. You're going to get weary. And you're going to stop serving. This gets more positive as we go on. So just (laughs) don't shut me off yet. Paul said this in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9, Let us not be weary in well-doing, for we sh- in due season we shall reap if we faint not. This is talking about supporting ministry financially. And some of you will stop supporting the ministry financially this year. Listen, I've been around long enough to know that these things are true. That you start out and you're in the pursuit of God, you're wanting to know God, you're wanting to grow closer to him, you're going to get tired, you're going to get weary, and you're going to stop following him the way that you were. Psalm 27, 11, teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Deliver me not over to the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. And he makes a statement, the psalmist makes a statement, I had fainted unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And he says, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. I can be honest, over the last 50 some years of following Jesus Christ, if it wasn't for my belief that God is good, I would have stopped serving him a long time ago. If I didn't believe that God was good, that God was better than my circumstance, that God is just a good, loving father, 
I would have quit a long time ago. Psalm 84.2 says, My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh crieth out to the living God. Some of you will increase your pursuit of God this year. Some of you will get closer to God than you've ever been before this year. Some of you will just fall more passionately in love with God than you ever expected to. You just thought you were coming to church on a Sunday and the Holy Spirit will get a hold of your heart and he's going to transform you and encourage you and you're just going to say, I want to know more. I want to have more. I want to know who he is. I want to know about him. I, want to, I don't want to miss a moment with him. Psalm 119.81 says, My soul fainteth for thy salvation, but I hope in thy word. Some of you will have your hope restored this year. Some of you will have hope restored this year. All of us will pursue God, who pursue God will have moments where we feel faint. I don't care who you are. I've done this again my whole life. Some of you in this next year will grow faint. You'll grow weary. You'll grow tired. Which brings us back to Judges chapter 8 and verse 4. And Gideon came to Jordan and passed over. He and the 300 men that were with him faint yet pursuing them. Faint, yet pursuing them. We're going to join Gideon's story, and I'm just going to set, this is a setup for the next season that we're going into, so I'm going to mention a lot of different passages of Scripture that you're going to say, yeah, let's go into that today. Nope, not getting it today. That's going to be a sermon for another day. Look at your neighbor and say, that's a sermon for another day. It's a sermon for another day. Just get used to it, because that's what it's going to be. Gideon was given a word from the Lord to deliver God's people. That's the foundation of this passage of Scripture in Judges chapter 6, 7, and 8. Gideon was given a word from the Lord to deliver God's people. So God sent a prophet to the people saying, I've freed you from bondage. I've driven away your enemies. I told you not to worship false gods, but you did it anyway. You say, where is that? Read Judges chapter 6, 7, and 8, and you'll get all of that in there. And that's a sermon for another day. I told you not to worship false gods, but you did anyway. And in worshiping false gods, the children of Israel became oppressed by the enemy. They lived a life of fear and anxiety. They lived a life of debt and depression. Every time something good happened, somebody would take the good away from them. Have you ever experienced that in, your, in your, not just your spiritual life, but your physical life? Where you have something good happen. Like you have a Sunday that's awesome and you walk out in the foyer and somebody says something that you just wish they would have kept their mouth shut. Amen? Okay, I'm the only one that that ever happens to. See, Satan wants to steal, kill, and destroy and he will use people for that purpose. And that's what was happening to the children of Israel. Every time they had some increase or some growth or some blessing, or some encouragement, there was somebody who would take that down, an enemy that would tear that down. So they cried out to the one true God, and God sent help. Every time you cry out to God, he's going to send help. Every time, listen, every time you cry out to God, he's going to send someone to help you. And God sent him a prophet, but he rebuked them. 2 Timothy 4, 2 says, Preach the word, be instant, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with unlong suffering and doctrine. We live in a generation where most people are looking for preachers who will do nothing but say positive things. But the truth is, you know your life is not totally positive either. That there is sin that's going on in your life that you, somebody needs to call you out. And no, your friends won't do it. 
I remember when I was a drunk. People loved it when I was a drunk. When I got sober and started following Jesus, that's when they thought I was crazy. They didn't say nothing when I was in the, in the ditch, but they sure said a lot when I wasn't. Amen. God sent him an angel to encourage him. Again, if you read uh, Judges chapter 6, you're going to see an angel came to encourage them. In Hebrews chapter 1 and verse, I'm just going to read 14. Speaking of angels, just describing who they are. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who are the heirs of salvation? God sends angels to encourage us. When you call upon God, when you're going through a difficult time, when you're Falling away from him, he'll, he'll rebuke you for whatever sin's going on in your life, but he'll also encourage you to do the right thing. And then God sent him a man to fight for them. His name is Gideon. And we're going to get that out of the passage. His name is Gideon. Now, I'm not Gideon, and neither are you, but there's things we can learn about God we can learn about ourselves through the story of Gideon, but we've got to be careful when we read the Word of God that we don't put ourselves in that place that we are not determined, like, like God, God did not call you to, 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 to lead an army. He might be calling you to lead your family. So there's things we can learn about leadership from his story. And Gideon, again, I said it earlier, was given a word from the Lord to deliver God's people. And in a couple of weeks, we're going to learn how to rightly divide the word of truth because that's part of the problem is most of us read the Bible for internet inspiration, not for actual spiritual transformation. So we're going to learn how to do that. But that's a sermon for another day. Gideon, if you read the story in Judges chapter 6, 7, and 8, you're going to find he was given guarantees by God. We call them promises. God has given us all promises in the word of God. There are promises that were meant for you and your life. What were the promises? I'm just going to read them. Judges chapter 6 and verse 14. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee. God was behind the go. When God calls you to go do something, he's always, and it's his word, he's behind it. He's behind what you're supposed to do and where you're supposed to go. He's with you the whole time. Judges 6.16 is another promise. And the Lord said to Gideon, he said, Surely I'll be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. Meaning that God was with them as long as they were in unity. God was with them. That's a promise. God will be with us, but disunity, he's not. God hates those that sow discord, especially among the brethren. If he's calling you to, to go in your family, he's going to be with you to, to help lead your family. But if you're sowing discord in the family... God's not going to be with you. It's the same thing in the church. Amen. Let me give you another promise. Judges 6, 23. The Lord said to him, Peace be unto you, fear not, for thou shalt not die. God promised what he was asking him to do wouldn't kill him. Now, this is like my wife who says, Onions will not kill you, but I don't believe that at all. <laughs> I believe onions are of the devil. Amen. You put them in your mouth and you just want to automatically puke. There's no, no. My dad used to eat them like apples. Really grossed me out the whole time. But God promised, when God calls us to do something, he promises it won't kill you. It won't kill you to forgive somebody, but it might kill you to not forgive somebody. 
It won't kill you to love somebody, but it might kill you to not love somebody. It won't kill you to trust him, but it might kill you to not trust him. So God's promise was, onions won't kill you. When you go to Judges chapter 7 verse 9, there's another promise. And it came to pass the same night that the Lord said to him, speaking of Gideon, Arise and get thou down, thee down to the host, for I have delivered it into your hand. God promised that they would win. Don't you love it when God promises that you're going to win? God promises that if you trust him, if you obey him, if you follow him, you're going to win. But you've got to trust the promise. Not your premise of what the promise says. What the promise says. But like Gideon, many of us struggle with doubts, especially when it comes to the word of God. And they asked some questions, or he asked some questions like, if God was real, why is this happening to me? We ask those kinds of questions, if we're going to be honest, we ask those questions all the time. If you're God, why, if you're real, why am I going through what I'm going through right now? The other question that Gideon asked is uh, that if God was real, he would never forsake them. You ever felt like God just kind of left you alone? Okay. I'm going to drink some water. You guys mull about yourselves for a minute. The older I get, the drier I get. This is just a summary of the of, of the of the season. But God never leaving us and our forsaking us is a sermon for another day. Can you just say that again? A sermon for another day? Get ready. Here she comes. So Gideon sought proof through an angelic being that God was speaking to him. And this is a sermon for another day. And God proved himself to be true and God's word worthy of Gideon's faith. Because God always proves himself to be true. He will manifest himself and the truth of himself to us. So God takes his word to another level. He said, Gideon, I want you to defeat this enemy. And I want you to go out and, in your might and, and defeat them. But instead of getting, giving Gideon an army big enough to have an advantage, God removed the anxious and the arrogant. We're going to read that. That's a sermon for another day. I'm going to call it the young and the restless. <laughs> so God took away the, the anxious and the arrogant, and, and he said this to Gideon. He said in verse 9, I've delivered it into thine hand. God then told him, and we're going to read that in Judges chapter 6, 7, and 8. You're going to read where God told him, Gideon to listen to the enemy to gain clarity. That's a sermon for another day. Deborah and I kind of did that while we were on vacation. As we spent a lot of time out in the world to find out what the world thought about God. And you know what I, thought I learned about that? The world doesn't think about God. A lot of people who claim to be Christians don't spend their time thinking about God. I'm not trying to be negative. I'm being honest with you. That If you go out and you listen to the world, listen to the enemies of the things of God and the enemies of God, they don't care. But that's a sermon for another day. When he gained clarity, Gideon worshiped God. Judges chapter 7 verse 15 says, So when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and the interpretation thereof, which we're going to get to because it's a sermon for another day, that he worshipped and returned to the host of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord has delivered it in the hand of the host of Midian. See, when you gain clarity from God, it gives you courage. 
when you know exactly what God's saying and why God's saying it and where God's leading you, it, it gives you courage to say, listen, I can trust the word of God and I can obey it because God's promised me and I know that God can't lie. Or do you think that God can lie? So all this gave Gideon courage to trust the word of God. And I think that's why some of us don't trust the word of God because we don't have clarity in what it actually says. Amen. And it gave him courage to take an undermanned army to fight an overwhelming enemy. If God is on your side, what are you going to worry about? Right? If he is for us, who can be against us? God can take you and your, your, your littleness and your smallness and your emptiness and your nothingness and do something great with him, great with, you, with your life if you let him do that and trust him with it. Don't trust yourself, trust him. But it gave him courage because Gideon had the presence of God's word. Meaning when he had the word of God, he had the presence of God. He had the plan of God's word. God told him what to do with his word. And he also had the promise of God's word. Which we're going to read later on in a sermon for another day. The sword of the Lord and Gideon. It's the presence of God's word, the plan of God's word, and the promise of God's word. And Gideon and his army began chasing this enemy, and they began to get weary. In their wa- and, and in their weariness, they sought help from their brothers. This goes beyond Judges chapter seven or Judges chapter eight and verse four. And they rejected Gideon's cry for help. They wouldn't give the weary bread. Their bread. They wouldn't sacrifice what they had for their brothers who were weary in the work of God. That's a sermon for another day. And it was a fatal mistake, I think, that's made often, but that's a sermon for another day. And it brings us back to Judges chapter 8 and verse 4. And Gideon came to Jordan and passed over, and the 300 men that were with him and they were faint yet pursuing. They had the presence of God, the plan of God and the promise of God yet they were faint yet pursuing because they continued to pursue God even in their weariness. They continued to pursue God even in their tiredness. They continued to, pr- continued to pursue God even in the face of an overwhelming enemy. They never stopped, they never quit. Why? Because they had the word of God, the plan of God I'm sorry, they had the presence of God, the plan of God, and the promise of God. I would like to say if you had those three things, you'd never get tired. But the the truth of that is, is even if you have the presence of God's word, the promise of God's word, and the plan of God's word, you can still get tired. You can still get worn out. And I'll tell you that if you do Christianity right, it's going to make you tired. It's hard to do right all the time when everybody else is doing wrong. Is it not? Am I the only one that thinks that? Like, I just wanted to stay home and sleep in today. Nothing personal to the online. I just want to live the way the world does, but still have my comfort in Christ. I don't want to have to always forgive people who wrong me. I want to actually get some vengeance. I mean, it's no fun to let the Lord get all the vengeance when I feel like I could do a better job of it. 
See, the Apostle Paul struggled with being, being faint. Paul knew the presence of God. He knew the plan of God. And he knew the promise of God. But he said in Galatians chapter 6, he says, Don't be weary in well-doing, for you shall reap if you faint not. So Paul recognized that fainting, weariness, is a part of following God. He told us in Hebrews chapter 12 to run the race with endurance, meaning this isn't going to be just a short little sprint. This is going to be a long journey that's going to wear you out. See, I don't mind doing my exercises because I'm starting to exercise. If you can't tell, I'm more buff than I was two weeks ago. <laughs> Somebody said you've lost weight. That's because my wife's got me eating onions and things. So I'm not eating, obviously. And so I can do five minutes on the elliptical, but if she asks me to do 45 minutes on the elliptical, that's endurance. I don't have it. It wears me out. So I stop. The Christian life is an endurance race. It's not meant to be just your first year of following Jesus, being on fire for him, loving him, being passionate about him, pursuing him, and then spend the next 15 years just kind of Sitting on the couch eating Cheetos and... Cheetos sound good, don't they? I'm kind of hungry. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, he said we have this ministry. We've been given mercy so we don't faint. Because we have been given responsibility as Christians. We've all been given a responsibility. And we'll talk about that in a minute. To, to, to know the, the presence of God, God's word and to understand the plan of God's word. And to have the promise of God's word and then to pursue that promise. In Hebrews chapter 12, Paul even says when God disciplines us, we're not supposed to faint. Don't you hate it when you sin and you feel shame? That's God's discipline. If you're not feeling shame, you're not one of his children. Amen. Because he only disciplines the ones he loves. And if you're not one of his children, he doesn't love you the way that you think he does. Because if he really loved you, he'd discipline you. Parents, that's a sermon for another day. <laughs> Don't tell your kids that Sunday. But we know though Paul was faint and he talked about faintness. We know he continued on in the will of God, pursuing the word of God. Because we have the word of God that was written by him. He didn't quit. You read the story of Paul and he was faint yet pursuing. He was faint, yet pursuing. Paul was faint, yet pursuing. He didn't quit because things got hard. He was faint, yet pursuing. He had the presence of God. He had the plan of God. He had the promise of God. And he just kept pursuing. He didn't quit. He didn't stop. He didn't back off. He didn't pull away. The apostle John was boiled in oil but survived all because he was a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Could you imagine being boiled in oil and surviving? Every time you moved, there'd be a crackle. Amen. I would think that would be one of those moments where I would say, okay, um, God, I was boiled in oil for your name. I'm going to quit for a while. I deserve a break. But he didn't. He was sent off to an island called Patmos. And you can't tell me he wasn't faint. When you go through something like that, when you go through a difficult trial and a difficult issue, for the sake of God, 
You can't tell me you don't think, well, I've done enough. I've gone far enough. I've been in this long enough. But we know John didn't stop because he was given the revelation, not the revelations. He was given the revelation of Jesus Christ. And we have that written in the back of our book. If you'd read it, it's our future. He didn't quit. We have the word of God written by the apostle John because he didn't quit. Jesus struggled with being faint in his flesh. In reading the Gospels, you find him sleeping in boats, kind of like Pat. <laughs> in the midst of storms. Like, I've been in a boat in, in really difficult waves. There's a reason why I don't go in boats now. They scare me because they'll sink, and then I'll have to try to figure out how to swim. And I can't swim that much. I'm a Robertson, we sink. I know that I've watched my family try to swim. It's just not, not a pretty sight. You don't want to see it. Jesus slept in boats in the midst of storms. Jesus stepped away momentarily from ministry opportunities to rest and pray. Because he got faint. Praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus asked God if the presence, the plan, and the promise of God could be changed. Because he was faint. For our sake, Jesus may have been faint, but he kept pursuing. At that moment in time in the Garden of Gethsemane, if Jesus would have said, you know, I'm done. This is enough. This is hard. This is difficult. None of us would be saved. None of our sins would be forgiven. He may have been faint, but he kept pursuing. We know this because he is the word of God. John chapter 1 and verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh. Verse 14, And the Word became flesh, and He dwelt among us. We beheld His glory as the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus was faint, yet pursuing. Jesus was faint, yet pursuing. We have a calling from the word of God as a church. It's Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 through 20. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. This is written in red, by the way. Meaning Jesus wrote it, spoke it. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Meaning, do you agree? This word of God came from the presence of Jesus himself. No angels, no prophets, no preachers. These are his words. These are his words. This is Jesus saying, here's what I want you to do. Amen. And the word comes with a plan from Jesus himself. It's his plan for us. To defeat an enemy much greater than the enemy of Gideon. That's Satan himself. Satan wants to steal, kill, and destroy. He doesn't want to save. He wants to go teach every human who Jesus is. In fact, the book of Mark tells us we're supposed to preach the gospel to every creature. So that means practice on your dogs and your cats and your donkeys and your pigs and your horses. Whatever. If you want to practice, practice on them. They're not going to get saved. There are horses in heaven. I know that because Jesus is coming back and the horses will be coming with him. He's on a great white horse. So you horse people can be all excited. I don't know about goats. 
No, and the goats won't. The goats will be separated, so they'll be, all, all goats go to hell. Sorry. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. I can't help you with that. What am I saying? Who's a goat person anyway? She's always been a pig person. Did she become a goat person? Are you both? No pigs? What happened to you? You got faint and you started to stop pursuing. He wants us to go teach every human who Jesus is so those who surrender their life to him by faith would be saved. I love this passage of scripture, Acts chapter 10 and verse 42. And he ordered us to preach everywhere and to testify that Jesus is the one appointed by God to be the judge of all the living and the dead. He is the one, uh, one all the prophets testified about saying that everyone who believes in him will have their sins forgiven through his name. Everyone who believes in Jesus will have their sins forgiven through his name. Our message, the message we're supposed to be sharing with this world is not we want to be all inclusive. What we want to say is there's one way to have your sins forgiven and his name is Jesus. And if you believe in him, your sins will be forgiven. Amen. But without that, you won't. When was the last time you shared that with a neighbor? A friend. I know. Pastor, I'm weary. I'm faint. Don't stop pursuing now. And then he said to teach them to be like him. We should, be, we should be a place where when people come in here, what they do is they see Jesus in us. Because we've studied the word and we've studied the way that Jesus talked to people. We've studied the way that Jesus loved people. We've studied the way that Jesus served people. And we say, I want to be like that. And it comes with the promise of Jesus himself. All power in the universe belongs to him. There is no power greater than Jesus Christ himself. In heaven or in earth, he's got the power to save and he's got the power to separate. No matter where you go, he will always be with those who do. That's what the scripture scripture says. No matter where you go to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, he will be with you. You're not alone. I know it feels like sometimes when you're, when you're sharing the gospel that it's difficult because you're, you're tired and you get weary and you're afraid of rejection, but Jesus is right there with you. Even under the end of the world, and I hear this a lot, I hear people saying all the time that Christianity is different today. No, Christians might be different, but Christianity is not. It might just be that you just got weary and stop pursuing. It might just be that you just got worn out and quit following. You just might make it more of a thing that you do on Sunday instead of a thing that you are on Monday. We have the presence, the plan, and the promise, but do we have the passion for the pursuit? Faint, yet pursuing was Gideon's story faint yet pursuing. Do we have the passion for pursuit? We are in a season where the world is so desperately in need of the love of God and so desperately in need of forgiveness of sins 
and we sit here on a Sunday morning in a room all by ourselves, high hidden away. We're going to go out on Monday and we're going to be tired because school's hard and packing my kids around is hard and dealing with negative people is hard. I don't know, do you deal with negative people in the world or is everybody happy in your world? You can't quit. And if you have, you might want to go back to the faith that you had when you first got saved. When you told everybody who Jesus was, where you didn't care what they thought, you were so passionately pursuing God, you had his word, you knew what his, his promise, his plan, and his presence, you had it. And then you got physically tired. You got emotionally tired. You got financially tired. And you just stopped pursuing. We have a calling, church, that isn't something that's temporary. We ought to be sowing the seed of the gospel everywhere we go. I had a prayer this week for a young man. My prayer was very simple. It was literal, literally that the seed that was sown in this young man's heart would grow into something beautiful that would honor God. That it would grow into the seed of the gospel that would make him fall passionately in love with Jesus Christ. One day he's going to wake up and fall passionately in love with Jesus Christ and it's going to be like, yes, it was worth the effort. Faint yet pursuing. Faint yet pursuing. If you're in that place where now you're faint but you've stopped pursuing, let me just encourage you with a couple of things. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 28, and I'll put this on the wall, I think. Thank you. Hast thou not known and hast thou not heard that the everlasting Lord, God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, faints not, neither is weary? He's talking about God, not Jesus. He's talking about God, and he's saying, I'm not getting tired. I'm so glad that God did not give up on me and stop pursuing me. I'm so glad he just didn't get tired of my rejection and tired of my rebellion and tired of my restlessness. And then he continued to seek after me and say, oh, listen, I want to love you and I want to care for you and I want to comfort you and I want to encourage you and I want to involve you in something that might wear you out, but it'll change your life and the lives of others if you take my gospel and share it with people who don't know it. There's no searching his understanding. I don't know how he does it. I think about that with God. Why doesn't he just give up on us sometimes? When we're spending our time spinning our wheels and getting all worn out, that was a bad step with a knee. I'm getting old. You guys got to be careful. He gives power to the faint. I don't got the power to do it. That's because you're not trying to seek that power from God. You're trying to seek that power in yourself. And you don't got the power. Jesus said all power is given unto him in heaven and earth. And he tells us just go. To them that have no might, he increases strength. Why don't you ask him, God, just give me some increased strength to do what you've called me to do. Increase my strength. I can't do this on my own. I'm getting tired. I want to quit. 
His promise, this is a promise of God. Them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths who think they can't be worn out shall faint and be weary, and young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord, they that seek God, shall renew their strength. You're getting faint, you're getting worn out, go back to God. Well, pastor, you don't understand. I, I'm, I'm, I'm faint and I, I, I'm, I'm worn out. I'm, I'm tired. You want to know why you're getting burnt out on Christianity? It's because you're trying to do it in your power, not in his. That's where burnout comes from. It's from doing the work of God in the, in the work of yourself and in your own strength, not in his. God will give you more work than you can handle, but he's not going to, he's going to give you the ability to accomplish that work. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Our weariness is not hidden from the Lord. He's not stupid. He never gives you so much though that you'll quit. Quitting happens when we give up. He's given us his presence and said, here's my word. This is what I want you to do. This is how I want you to succeed. He's given up his plan. He's even, he even tells us how to do it successfully. And he gives us his promise that I'm with you always, even at the end of the world, amen. So why do we quit? See, God makes a difference in our everyday life. Daily, he gives power to the faint. Every time you want to give up, every time you want to walk away from God, every time you want to quit serving, every time you want to quit trusting him, just go back to the presence of God, what God said, and go back to his plan. Maybe you got off his plan and got on your own plan, or you've been listening to somebody other than God. And just hold on to that promise that he, he's not going to, call you to something that he's not behind. Daily, he increases strength. When was the last time you just prayed, God, this morning, I don't have the strength to be a good Christian. <laughs> I don't have the strength to forgive. I, I don't have the strength to love. I don't have the strength to share the gospel. Increase my strength. Even for those who think they can handle it, need to ask him to increase their strength. See, if you do this according to Scripture, if you do this the way that Gideon did it, you might be accused of being tired, but you never be accused of quitting. My greatest fear is that I'm going to get to heaven and, and he's going to say, why did you quit on me? I gave you the word. I gave you the truth. I gave you the life. I told you how to do it. I told you how to be successful as a Christian. I told you how to be successful in ministry. I told you what you're supposed to do. I told you those things. And then I promised you that it would succeed. And yet you quit. 
I get you might be tired. I think we're in a season in Christianity where people are just kind of tired of fighting it. Don't stop pursuing. Don't stop pursuing. If you obey the word of God, if you trust the word of God, if you follow the word of God, you will never fail in your marriage, in your ministry, in your home. But you gotta continue to pursue. See, I didn't even put my notes together. Let's stand, if you would, please. Heads bowed and eyes closed. How many of you be honest with me today? Heads bowed and eyes closed. I just want to know who's, who's being honest with me today. Pastor Andy, I'm kind of getting a little bit tired. Following Jesus is getting difficult. Be honest, raise your hand. I'm just, I'm just getting tired. I'm, I feel like I'm fainting a little bit. Let's go back to what God's called you to do. In fact, let's pray for those of you. Father, they're not following my calling. They're following your voice. And there was a point in time when you spoke to them so clearly about what you wanted for them and what you wanted through them. How you wanted them to go share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the weariness of life just crept up on us. Some of us got tired because we were doing wrong things the wrong way. Some of us were doing right things the wrong way. We just got tired. And Father, instead of hearing your voice, we started hearing the voice of Satan telling us we'll never succeed. We don't have enough. We only have 300. You started with 30,000 and I'm down to 300. In my checking account, I started with 30,000. I'm down to 300. It's hard to trust you, God. And I, but I may be faint, but I'm not quitting. I may be tired, but I'm going to start trusting again. I'm going to grab a hold of your truth and I'm going to passionately follow you. Because I know one thing. I know when your presence is there, your word is powerful. And I know when the plan is clear, the way is powerful. And I know when the promise is believed, we can't fail. I want to be known as somebody who might get faint once in a while. But I'm pursuing. I might get tired. I might get, this might just be hard, but I'm just going to continue to pursue you. I'm just going to continue to trust you. I'm going to continue to obey you. And I'm just going to wait and see what you're going to do because you've given us some promises that if we believe them, it'll turn this world upside down. Help us, Father. We need to increase, be, have our strength increased. We need to be patient and wait on you, but we need to be passionate and follow you. We love you, Jesus.
heads bowed, eyes closed. Lord, just touch your heart. If he's spoken to you today about this moment, maybe you're just tired. You're tired of fighting your marriage. You're tired of fighting your finances. You're tired of fighting whatever. Just get back to what God says and trust him. Maybe you're just pursuing and you're just continuing to pursue and you're passionate about that. Why don't you come up and give him some glory? So the altar's open with heads bowed and eyes closed. The Lord's touched your heart and you just want to speak to him. Come ahead. He sees your weariness. He sees that it might even be valid. But don't quit. Don't stop pursuing God this year. Don't stop serving God this year. Don't stop supporting the ministry this year. Increase. Ask him to increase my pursuit of God this year. Father, I want to be closer to you this year than I've ever been before. And that might mean that he's going to take you through some battles to show you how awesome he is. But Father, I want to, I want to pursue you more passionately than I ever have before. Father, I need my hope restored this year. I want to be known as somebody who might be faint, but I'm pursuing. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to walk away. I'm not going to be that guy, that gal, that person. Father, I pray for those who passionately want to pursue you today. Speak to them clearly through your word. Let them know that your presence is powerful. Father, give them a clear plan from your word, telling them what you need them to do. And then give them a promise that gives them hope that they will never turn back away from. I know this, you promised that if I go, you therefore, and you'll te- and teach all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And then I teach them to observe all things that you've commanded us. That you'll be with us in that process. And we'll see people come to know Christ as their Savior and their sins forgiven. Be given a home in heaven be given a life like they've never imagined. Yes, it might be difficult, but we don't have to worry about quitting because you're with us all the time. Faint yet pursuing. Faint yet pursuing. Faint yet pursuing. One last time with heads bowed and eyes closed. Just speak to God in this moment. Tell him, I hear your voice. I hear what you're saying. I believe that you're good, God. 
in the land of the living. Like, you're good now. You're good today. Father, encourage your hearts. I believe this is a good church. I believe, Father, that we're heading into a season of spiritual growth that we have not seen. But we're not going to get there if we quit. And I understand, Father, as a, as a people, this is wearisome at times. It's, it's hard. But we've got your presence, your word to us. We've got your plan. We know exactly what you want us to do. We've got your promise that it will succeed if we obey your word. We've just got to be a little more passionate in our pursuit. Encourage the hearts of the people in this place. I appreciate them all and I love them all. I want to pray for the teachers today that are serving in children's ministry. Loving the children. I I love what's happening in their lives. I love the, the three that shared the testimony. That was awesome, Father. Continue to put those truths in their hearts. Let them know that there's a God that loves them and they need to Be careful, though, that they don't get weary. Stop fainting. That they will continue to passionately pursue God their whole life. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for gathering us together. We hope that your people are encouraged to follow you in a greater way than they ever have before. We love you. Jesus, we pray and all God's people said. Amen. Amen. Guys, great day today. Love you all. Go home. Don't know what time it is. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, wait, stop. One, one last thing, one last thing. We have a baptism today. Amen. So we're going to meet at the Yacht Club, which is just across the street and down the road and around the hill. And if you don't know where it is, ask somebody and they will tell you or they will find somebody that will tell you where to go. Listen, God's going to be there. We should be too. Amen. Have a great day. God bless. Love you all.